Welcome to Plato's Gravity, a homebrew podcast. This is Aaron, and Jason is not here today. Uh, he doesn't ever say his name anyway, so that's fucking okay. Uh, but we are super excited. Uh, While well, we don't have Jason, we are on site for the first time ever at a local Indiana brewery, and I'm very excited to welcome John Robinson from Centerpoint Brewing. Uh, Centerpoint Brewing was recently awarded Best Local Beer and Best Local Brewery by for 2018 by Nuvo, and the Best Local Brewery and Best Local IPA and Best Bar by the Indy Star. So lots of recent accolades, lots of beer for us to sample. Uh, and then uh, in the one seat and the three seat, we also have Sean and Scott from the Monon Beverage Brokers, who will uh, hopefully add some comic relief and uh, some enjoyment to the show. They're shaking their heads. No, that's bullshit. We've been talking for about 15 minutes, and uh, it will be it'll be funny. I promise you. Comic that. relief will be there, but you know they're not going to add anything. Like, they're not going to add anything. Not okay, in, so they're, yeah, yeah. they're not going to add anything. <laughs> oh, we really just it. occupy space at the <laughs> end of the day. All right. So. Uh, uh, John, welcome to the show. John, can you uh, just give us a shout-out so we can uh, let our listeners know who is who? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, Aaron. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Um, proud to have you here. Um, you know, uh, got a lot of work going on back here, so hopefully it's not going to be too loud. But uh, yeah. uh, working late into the night with a little uh, – tap room uh brewery expansion work here so okay thanks for having us man absolutely i'd like to hear more about that later on and then uh sean uh, welcome to the show thank you for having us aaron <laughs> and as you had mentioned this may be the first on-site podcast you've done this is the first podcast done at center point oh wow maybe i might have just lied yeah i don't i don't i think there have been maybe one or two others but uh i wasn't on them so they, they don't count they don't count okay. yeah that's fair right. enough fair enough start the counter now fuck those guys <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and uh, really for all, all the listeners you. sean is wearing his fishnets tonight so all right fantastic fishnets for sean uh, i had a wonderful halloween costume that won me prom queen at scarlet lane's halloween bash wow that's fantastic. It was uh, really good, but I disappointed my parents, I think. Were you in the running? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to listen to this. Like, well, you didn't disappoint us. <laughs> I, I, I think they're still proud. They are. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Scott, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Fantastic. Welcome, welcome to the show. So we start every uh, Plato's Gravity episode with the beer chosen by the uh, by the guest. John, you chose the beer for us tonight. It was a last last second uh, last second punt. What are we drinking? Yeah, it's like choosing your favorite child. So uh, uh, tonight we're uh, we're drinking the Center Point Gold, which is a Kolsch style ale, four point eight percent ABV, eighteen IBUs. Uh, like I said before, we've been I've been actually brewing this beer for going on nine years now, and uh, it was kind of the first beer that I was able to like actually nail when I was a home brewer, nice. so it has a special place in my heart, and uh, actually won a, a gold medal with it in 2014 as a homebrew recipe at the Indiana Brewers Cup. So. Fantastic. Good it's, thing uh, it was named gold and not silver. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> if you want a silver with a Rip coal, so that'd, be like a, that'd be a kick in the teeth. Yeah, it would just be bad. Oh. Myrrh. You're going yeah. I, I myrrh. Sh- Sean just poured mine into a glass, which I I strongly appreciate it, but this isn't... This is something this, else. This isn't the Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. On our last episode, we, we talked about uh, glassware uh, for beer styles, and we what we learned is that although I was trying to be very loving and accepting for people who drink beer out of a can, I, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but here I am. I'm drinking the beer for tonight's show. For the first time, I am not drinking the beer from a tulip well, we glass. Can, we can get you, uh, you know, we can get you some glassware if you want. I, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to drink it from the can. It's, right. it's, it's, it's damn good. I I think it's interesting this is the first uh, homebrew recipe that you kind of nailed. I have brewed three Kolsch's, and I basically brew a Kolsch 
uh, in order to find out what I'm doing wrong because it right. shows up everything. It's hard to hide. Any, yeah. the, any imperfections, any mistakes, you can't hide them. So. so did you get this thing perfect first because you just wanted to have a perfect Kolsch or did it beat out some of like your porters or things like that that might have been easier to brew? Yeah, you know, I uh, I always had trouble with amber ales um, and kind of red ales because right. of crystal malt sucks. Right. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there's probably a lot of brewers out there and home brewers that might agree with that because it, it's so hard to get uh, get those recipes right with the crystal malts. And, you know, as, as home brewers, we tend to try to make things a little bit way well not a little bit way more complicated than they need to be right. and uh it always just goes back to just keep it simple stupid and uh and that way when you are first learning you can you know you can say all right well i only have these three malts if i screwed up then i know that uh i kind of know where where to begin looking um but we always be like well i'm going to throw in some crystal 20 and some crystal 60 and some 120 and and all this stuff and it's like how the hell do you balance all that out and get it right so i, I made that mistake early on so i was always trying to brew like amber ales and i would crystal right. malt would just screw me every time and then so i uh you know i, I got the recipe actually you know the the, the kit from from great fermentation so i'm sure that it was probably darren's recipe because right. he was working at the time uh darren connor sorry from beer brewery uh was work, working at great fermentations at the time so i'm pretty sure it's probably his recipe uh brewed that a couple times and then made some adjustments to kind of fit my taste and uh yeah i think you know it, and it, it all just comes down to kind of the fermentation and uh having the proper proper place to ferment the proper equipment to ferment and keeping it at the right temperature for the right time and, and all those things pitching the right amount of yeast and um so so what that look uh, like for you six years ago so so uh or how many years ago did you start maybe it's uh, nine we nine, like we like nine, the brewery noises make you know, bring it up jason's gonna get pissed off because he's kind of uh he's kind of antsy about noises he's like find a place that's not echoey well jason's not here right now he's so he has no work, say in what so. happens he's not sorry jason yeah that's right trying uh, to support his family when he could have been here having fun <laughs> <laughs> he is working he's doing he's doing the computers so you guys opened in 2016 you said you brewed for about six years before that so about 2010 you're trying to make this coles recipe what does your what's your setup look like uh, at that time, uh, uh, I was brewing in the kitchen, you know, on the stovetop, and then uh, with uh, glass carboys. Uh, I, I happened to have a, uh, a basement at my house at the time that always stayed like 62, 63 degrees. Bonus. Which is like perfect fermentation temperature for Kolsch. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, so I would just set it down there, uh, try to knock out at like, you know, 58, 59 degrees and just let it kind of free rise up to 62, 63, and then... Um, Put some uh, heat heat jackets on there and right. do a little diastole rest on it, and then just uh, um, take it off and just turn the AC up as yeah. far as I could and get the the basement nice and cold. It could get down to 58, 59, 60 degrees down there. All so right. it's kind of a a good so, sort of lagering temperature for for that that so yeast. You, so you're home brewing and you make your family like cold upstairs so you can log your beer downstairs for like four weeks. Yeah, so that's actually why I have a brewery now <laughs> because my wife told me no longer may you brew in the house. You need to do it in the garage. I'm like. Well, if I go to the garage, I have to have a whole other set of equipment, right? Right, absolutely. And uh, I'm an engineer. Pete, my co-founder, is an engineer. So what do we do? We build a Cadillac of homebrewing systems with control control systems, push buttons, lights, and right. you know all the bells and whistles, pumps, heat exchangers, and uh, you know it kind of just uh, spiraled out of control. And 
here we are. All right, so so I uh, so so right now I brew in a bag. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that method of home brewing. Okay, so so very simple. Mostly I do that because I'm I'm cheap. I'm really close. I just I was in a homebrew competition just this uh, last week. We lost. Uh, it was okay. The beer was bad. Keep your chin up. Yeah. Oh no, it's good. It, it, it was the match of wonders. So we rolled dice and I had to make a molasses beer. So fucking. I mean, too much molasses. But I also realized I can't. I can't with brewing a bag get the beer as clear as I want. I can't. I can't keep the temperature the way I want. Yeah. So if I, if you're gonna give any advice for someone who's gonna build a system like that, like wh- yeah. wh- how are you doing that? How'd that go? Get the wife's permission first. That is important. Well, I, I yeah. Or don't. Well, ask just for listen. Listen to her. You, no, I I didn't ask. I just listened to what she said. She said, "Don't do this shit in the house anymore." So I didn't. And uh, so when I was in the garage, <laughs> she couldn't say anything because I wasn't doing it in the house anymore. So so anyway, the answer is limited follow-up questions. <laughs> exactly. Don't you know? Again, keep it simple, stupid. Right. Don't talk. <laughs> Unless spoken to. <laughs> uh, no, but anyway, I mean, it's, it, it, for me, it was always really simple. It was, it's, it's just time and temperature. Right. And you have to control both of those. Absolutely. If you can control both of those throughout the whole process, you can make some good beer. Now, your recipe might be fucked up, right? Right, yeah. That's something that's easily fixed. You can be like, oh, man, this is too malty, not malty enough. Uh, I don't like the estuary profile on the, the yeast that I used. Even though I fermented it at the temperature I wanted, well, next time I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Right. Or I'm going to take it back up a little bit. You want whatever. all that fruit. But to uh, get to that end result, you have to be able to control the time and temperature. If you don't, you're pretty much screwed. You're just kind of left with, with what you got and drink it you know it'll get you drunk right right no that's that's, (laughs) and your friends will lie to you and tell you that it's good they always do i have to look in their eyes i look in their eyes and i wait they're all fucking liars no but that you can see in the first two seconds you can see if they look away yeah if they look away like oh oh, man i don't know so good nice try slugger like and i have some friends who are great so they'll give me the look like oh this is not good aaron but they'll, they'll finish the beer but then I have some friends who are like, oh, this is, this is really good shit. And, and then they go pour it out in the sink. <laughs> well, just, they leave my house with a three-quarters glass full. Yeah. I usually know, though. Like, I'm pretty honest with myself as, as, as a brewer. Like, I, we entered that molasses beer in the competition, and I was like, oh, there's no way it's going to win. It's yeah. like a, it's a drink of molasses. It actually wasn't a bad beer. It had a nice mouthfeel, but and it was supposed to have cinnamon toast crunch in it, too. Yeah. And uh, there was no cinnamon and no toast yeah. because there was molasses. It's overpowered by the molasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, if yeah. I had a time to brew it again, I would uh, maybe yeah. maybe it would have been a better thing. But and, and you know that it's the other time, temperature, and then balance. You know, you've right. got to be able to balance all of these ingredients and, and all of these the process controls and all of that stuff to make it work. But uh, and you you made a great point. You got to be honest with yourself too. It's right. like I can't be like, oh, I made this beer. It's so awesome, and you know not take criticism or you right. know take a take a deep look at eh, maybe this isn't the greatest or maybe there is a flaw here and how do i fix that it so, sounds like brewing beer is a lot like marriage oh, it, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah you have to take the criticism yeah. with a smile except <laughs> I, except i can't fix my flaws <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy you know you're like, oh yeah, i'll yeah. add a little two row this will be exactly. all better babe. this will be yeah yeah this is fine less throw less some, of the, throw less some peanut less. butter in there everything will be good <laughs> you knew what this well, was when you married i don't me. know <laughs> Peanut butter is not the answer. Let me tell you, that's that's not going to do it. Uh, but I think you raise an interesting point. So you're used to getting, uh, like, as a home brewer, you get, like, the friend's feedback. And everyone's like, oh, this shit is amazing. You should start a brewery. And I'm like, fuck, that's not a good idea. Uh, 
what was it like when you first uh, opened a brewery and you were getting feedback from people who didn't love you? Oh, that's, uh, man, you talk about like... <laughs> you mean people don't love me? Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly didn't know how to process that question for a second, but yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's pretty euphoric, actually. Yeah. And uh, so it's really hard to... Um, because you still think they're lying to you. Right. 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 I, I always, I still do. I'm like, oh, it was whatever, voted best, you know, beer in the world. And I'm like, yeah, they're all fucking lying. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know any better. I mean, to be but, fair, though, on so Google, it's, it's you tough. have a 4.8 rating out of five. That's and good. you have 133 people. So, like, you're doing pretty fucking good at that point. Yeah. Let's, yeah. So, let, let's move beyond Google. I noticed you guys have Untapped on your TVs out there. Like, yeah. I, I, do you have, like, an active relationship with Untapped? Do <laughs> we we are textually active with Untapped? Sure, yeah. <laughs> how do you, how do you feel about the Untapped reviews? Oh, they're hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so I'm uh, so I'm so fucking glad we picked this beer, Nicole's. Yeah. And, I, and this is maybe subconsciously I picked this because. So uh, we have a staff meeting every Monday, and right. uh, we try to do like a mean tweets version. Um, of untapped reviews. So if we get some that are just ridiculous, in either way, it's like, whatever, you know, this is the greatest beer ever, or, oh my right. God, I can't drink this swill. It tastes like whatever, right. piss. And uh, so our, our most favorite one, and I hope that somewhere on our Facebook page it has this on there, um, somebody gave the Kolsch a one-star review and said that it was too Kolschy. It was too colshy. Too colshy. It was too colshy. So I, 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 I don't know how. Yeah. Thank you so much. I don't know how to help you with that. If it's too colshy, don't just don't I, drink the fucking I, beer. I have a really strong opinion about this. Like, I feel like if you want to go on Untapped and leave a negative comment because you didn't like a beer, that's fucking great. But if you were like, you know, what I don't like colshies, don't rate. Don't it. fucking. Don't rate it. Just don't. You don't have to put the even, stars. Don't even buy in. the beer. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. You could try it. You could try it. Be like, maybe, maybe Center Point's going to change my Kolsch life. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. But, but don't rate it. Why would you rate it if you don't like it? That's just stupid. Yeah. Hey, hey, all you untapped people out there, listen. So the award-winning Blood Orange IPA, right? Yes. So you you recently introduced us to someone who doesn't like the IPAs. How'd that go? She loved it. She did it. That's not fucking true. <laughs> Were you there? I was not there. <laughs> I, I heard earlier that she hated it. Yeah. I didn't push record soon enough. If I had pushed record soon enough, I would just fucking lay that back that's, in. That's funny. No, yeah, that's so... I, yeah. By the way, the Blood Orange IPA is amazing. It is... I've had a few Blood Orange IPAs, because as you guys mentioned, they're all the rage. I don't think I've had one that's as blood orangey on the nose as that one is. Like, I drink it out of a can, and the nose was, was full of shit. Yeah, yeah. What Scott and I do is we, I mean, we do sales, events, and distribution management. So day-to-day, -day, you can find Scott and I in any bar in Indiana, liquor store, restaurant, wherever. And so today, I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna really push Center Point Orange. And I had a lot of success, which was cool. But, uh, yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to like every beer we bring to them. And I think that's something where, you know, Scott and I, we have thick skin for one. But we also realized, hey, you know, maybe someone will give us good constructive feedback, not just right. untapped. I don't like Kolsch. One star. Well, go fuck yourself. So, uh, but yeah, one bar, like this this young lady who had just turned 21 a few days ago was like, I don't like beer, but I like cider. And I was like, well, I have an IPA with fruit in it that's really 
fairly approachable. And gold, I'm sorry, orange is very approachable. Um, It's not too hoppy. It's not over the top. It's not uh, some pissing contest to see who can overly hop whatever. Uh, The orange is really nice and subtle. It's almost like kind of like a fresca. I I had one before we started the show, and it was like the hops really like pulled the sweetness down but it wasn't hot like it wasn't hot forward but it was hot balance it was good yeah. but yeah this poor girl tried the beer and made a big production out of how much she hated it <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was able to wash it down with her uh, Mountain Dew kickstart did you did you encourage her to check it in no <laughs> can, you, can you oh you need to do that we gotta have some mean tweets for next Monday man come on I'll just tell you about my life. <laughs> just recount my Monday for you. So let's 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 run it back. So we're, we're, uh, uh, Sean and Scott are part of Monon Beverage Brokers, and they work with Centerpoint to help uh, to help make Centerpoint kind of uh, help Centerpoint grow throughout the city at local bars and pubs, like you mentioned. So uh, since I just forced you to tell a shitty story, not <laughs> no, forced, a fun story. You know no, what you you're want. Good. I'm what's good. like like what what's a moment you've had where you're like pushing a beer and like someone who you think is just not gonna dig it? Like like what what's that like? Cool. You know, I think I'm just gonna tell you my favorite story. Perfect. My favorite story ever is when I interviewed Scott Hardwick to be my employee. All right. Welcome. How you go? <laughs> Scott Hardwick is the second employee of the Monon Beverage. Scott is Brokerage. the only employee. Scott already knows what's coming yeah. here, doesn't he? Scott's my other yeah. half. He's great. I give him so much shit, but I, I truly am thankful for him. And uh, I remember when uh, when he, like, I at first was like, hey, uh, I'm hiring for Monon. I'm too big for my britches. I need some help. And I posted something on, like, my personal uh, social media. And I had actually met Scott through when he was at Three Pints. Okay. And months after the fact, uh, he had actually remembered when we first met. We met in a tunnel at an Indy 11 beer tasting event. It was really cool. Um, I don't like where this is going. Oh, it was great. <laughs> was uh, so many people were there. Um, but the cool thing, we uh, even worse, right? we ended up going to uh, to Metazoa, and we ended up having a pint just talking about what, uh, what I do and what Monon was and kind of the image of it. Um, but the dimensions that he adds are great. Like, not no bullshit. I would say the same thing even if he was here or not. But I love it because even um, before we're like we had started working with Centerpoint, you know, I'd be like, hey Scott, you know, what do you think about Centerpoint? Oh, cool. You like him? Great. Like, let's let's entertain this idea. Uh, and there's some brands that have reached out to us, and I've, I just won't even ask him because I know my feelings on him. And Scott and I have very similar thoughts on people. All right. But then there's some brands that'll be like, "Hey, uh, I'm on the fence. What do you think about it?" And if he shoots him down, I mean, that's that's the end of the conversation. And sure. that's kind of the if you listen to our Sparge episode, then you'll hear more about Monon Beverage in general. The Sparge but, episode will be probably immediately following this episode by about a week, unless I can uh, switch it up. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I got a I got a story about. Uh, uh, Mr. Hardwick too. Um, oh yeah. Uh, whenever uh, Scott was uh, kind of done with three pints, and uh, we were we were building out the brewery here, I was building that wall over there uh, between the brewery and the tap room, and and Scott shows up with his resume, and and uh, I was still like three months from opening, and I was like sales were like the last thing on my mind, and uh, uh, so he was like, hey man, I'll come in and do sales for you, and. Uh, um, so uh, that's that's when I first met. You were on first scaffolding. Mask. Yeah, I know. You yeah, were hanging yeah. drywall or finishing drywall. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. Your and, tanks uh, were sideways. Yeah, they weren't even <laughs> stood up here. Yeah, you're gonna need to stand up. 
Oh, yeah, that works that's better. Yeah. But whoever's uh, listening yeah. to this, I dare you to find someone that does not like Scott Hartley. That's, uh, yeah. Like, that's, that's a money on the table. We would love you to reach out to us at Plato's Gravity on Twitter. If you don't yeah, like, if you Scott, don't like Hardwick, Scott Hardwick, go comment on go fuck yourself. <laughs> go on uh, Center Points <laughs> Untapped under gold. Can you name a beer Scott Hardwick so we can see how many stars it gets? Uh, yeah, we can do that. That yeah. sounds like a great idea. Yeah. It could just be water Scott, and you get five stars. Scott, what? <laughs> this is the best fucking water. This is RO water. It's so hydrating. This is great. Just like yeah, Tim. so back to my story. I didn't get to hire him at that point because I wasn't ready and I didn't have any money and, and all that stuff. But uh, it's funny how things come full circle. And now he's uh, he's representing us and we couldn't be uh, happier. Yeah, so. now, he, now he's selling your beer. Uh, yep. selling your beer and absolutely. he does a hell of a job at it, yeah. So, Scott, if uh, if we were if we were going to name a beer after you, what would it be? <laughs> Hopefully a sour. Hopefully, oh, a sour. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you called a sour too. Sour? Yeah. Oh, it's done. <laughs> Scott has a mild stutter. Yeah. Not, it's not. I don't know. I never noticed until he pointed it out one day, no, and I don't know how I no- didn't notice it. I must just be dumb. But mm-hmm. Scott was like, "I'm surprised you hired a, a sales rep with a stutter." I was like, what? What are you, you, know, what but, are you talking but, about? But everybody likes him. So yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've got a face for podcasts and a voice for email. <laughs> so, so when you say when, when you say sour, do you mean like like Berliner Weiss, like lactose, yep. or like, Maybe, like okay. bread well, funk, or yep, what do you keep mean? Going, keep yep. going, keep well, going, keep going. Where were you like yeah, uh, three weeks good. ago? We were trying to name that Berliner Weiss. We could have yeah, you could have the woman raspberry. I can't pronounce. Yeah, pronounce your guys's By the way, my my wife who's in the taproom right now. Loves the she drinking a whole keg of it. Uh, a whole cake, no. Oh, yeah. well, so it's, only, it's only three and a half percent. It's only three and a half percent. That's right. Three point four percent. Three point four. Come on, that's what's on untapped. Yeah, yeah. Oh, three point four. Your question, all sours. If it's <laughs> good and done well, I like it. You like it? Yep. You like a sour? Yep. All right. Yep. You guys do any? Do you guys play around? I know. Obviously, you do the the Berliner Weiss. Uh, kettle sour. Yeah. Kettle sour. Do you guys yeah. play around with any Britannomyces? We have not yet. No, but we do have some. Yeah, we, you have to get the big the big warehouse across the street so you can keep that shit separate. Yeah, I mean, or we could just uh, you know throw it in with uh, Central States kegs whenever they come <laughs> pick them up and throw them over there or something. So Central State, you guys do stuff with them? Uh, yeah, uh, actually, so we uh, we wash their kegs. <laughs> Are you funny about that? Central States uh, Brett kegs all up in your space? No, man, we're clean on this side. It's uh, people get all anxious about that stuff. It's yeah. like just keep the things clean that you need to keep clean and. Right. Uh, I mean, we've never had any issues. So. And the Brett yeast is yeah. still clean, but it just spreads a little quicker just yeah. due to the nature of it. Yeah. yeah, it's not that it's unclean. People just, it, it contaminates quickly. And right. the the center point guys are super meticulous with what they do. And I know Central State's meticulous with what they do too. So as long as you have people that are meticulous with their cleaning procedures, the yeast doesn't spread and then you don't have a contamination from it. That's the cool thing. So... When you were home brewing, we'll go, we'll, we'll go back to that. You, you had you built yourself a, a kick-ass system. Uh, what what was your system like? Uh, so basically, uh, once we decided that we were going to start the brewery, we wanted to build a system that was going to be just like a commercial system, just smaller. So it was a two-vessel system with a hot liquor tank. Okay, it's a single-tier system. Uh, two pumps: grant pump, work pump. Uh, sure. Not a grant pump, but just a water pump and a work pump. And uh, plate and frame heat exchanger uh, was, well, sorry, correct terminology would be a brace plate heat exchanger because it was small. Um, And, uh, you know, some of these things we were able to get by relationships we have with contractors and all this stuff. People have things laying around. Just grab whatever you can. Say, hey, can I have this? I'll give you a few beers. Uh, And people are like, 
yeah, take whatever you want. As long as you're going to give me beer, don't give a shit. Yeah, nice. Um, so we were able to build um, basically, you know, the same thing you see here, uh, three ve- or two vessel system with a hot liquor tank. We did, and uh, we used a uh, cooler as a cold liquor tank. We would just uh, fill it okay. with water, throw ice in there, and use that as our cold liquor tank. And so. So was, cold liquor tank, like, like I have to be honest with you, I've been brewing for a fair amount. I've heard the term hot liquor tank used a, a shit ton. What, what the hell is a cold liquor tank? So what, the way that we use the cold liquor tank is uh, we actually blend cold liquor with the hot liquor okay. when we're graining into the mash ton so that we can hit the temperature that we want for our initial mash step. Uh, so, you know, you're never going to get uh, exactly right. the temperature you want in your hot liquor tank. Um, and it's going to be a little bit hotter, so we're going to mix in a little bit of cold water with right. it. So you guys um, are using so it to dial in your temperature. Exactly. It's that. And then what we do is uh, on our plate and frame heat exchanger, when we're knocking out after the boil, we're running the, the cold liquor through. All right. And then that's going to go into the hot liquor tank because it's preheated. Okay. And uh, so that we don't have to heat that water up as much. So Okay. Awesome. In the, in the cold liquor tank and in the hot liquor tank is all RO water. Okay. So we have an RO generator. Um, goes, so it goes through a water softener, through the RO generator, into the RO holding tank, and then we fill from the holding tank into the cold liquor tank and the hot liquor tank. So when you guys are making beer, like, so I'm drinking this Kolsch. Uh, yeah. Are you treating this water differently than you're treating the porter? Like, are you you guys have different water profiles for everything? We do. So we we start with RO water straight. Um, so which you know, everybody that's listening to this podcast will probably understand that you're not going to brew with straight RO water. It has no minerals in it, right? Right. So then we're going to add back in the salts, and we do that per recipe, um, whether we're brewing the porter, Kolsch, the blood orange IPA, or any Belgian styles we're brewing, anything German lagers. Sure. We're uh, going to try to to get to that uh, water profile that we want for the uh, you know the minerals that we want in there for the fermentation uh, later on down the process. So how big was that homebrew system? It was uh, technically it'd be a half barrel, but we could we could get 10, 10 gallons out of it at okay. the end. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So it was just converted kegs. All right. Sweet. So yeah, the, little, the they were all purchased, you know, above board. From you didn't you didn't steal cakes from Sun King? <laughs> no. No. I bought I bought I bought a couple from Upland, and then a guy had one in his backyard at his rental house that you know he didn't want to mess with, so he gave me that. So that was the only one that was an illegitimate child. So so this is the one thing that like kind of keeps. So I'm I'm probably gonna buy a mash ton over the over the summer, and I like. Jason, our co-host, who unfortunately couldn't make it, I told him I was going to buy a mash ton over the winter because I was tired of doing Bruna Pack and I, I, I want a false bottom. And he was like, well, can we just make one? And I was like, no, because I can't make a false bottom as good as someone else. So did you guys did you guys machine your own false bottom or did you guys? No, we just bought it off of uh, whatever Northern Brewer or okay. uh, whatever, you know, Home brewing website that has equipment. You can All right, just sweet. buy a false bottom off of there and bulkhead fittings. So just you know, we take the keg, cut the top out, uh, punched holes in the side, put bulkhead fittings and the, the uh, false bottoms and everything. All in right, there. fantastic. So, you guys yeah. weld that or is it weld those fittings? Uh, so the the uh, bulkhead fitting would was uh, just a compression fitting. Sure. So it just had a gasket on each side. Um, there was one that we did take and have welded, and it was just uh, ended up being worse than just using the the bulkhead fittings that you right. can buy right and just you know using the compression fittings so yeah absolutely that's what i i've kind of looked into that stuff and everywhere i look it's like uh welding this shit is so fucking difficult maybe just yeah and uh, you know home brewing equipment and the availability of 
cool shit has come a long way in the last 10 years and right. there's a lot of stuff out there you know it might be you might think it's expensive when you're looking at it but it's like well try to go find somebody to weld stainless right. and pay them by the hour and you know unless you have buddies or or you know friends that do that um, or people that don't really like you but will do stuff for free beer <laughs> then it gets uh, pretty expensive and uh, you know it takes a little time to build relationships and, and it, you know in the end it's just like just uh, spend the money and get what you want you know time is money right, right. even even your time and my time when I'm at home you know dicking around it, it it's Right. There's a trade-off there, right? So uh, I spend two hours out in the garage trying to build something, then that's two hours I'm not, you know, hanging out with my daughter, my wife, and they get pissed off, and then later in the day they're yelling at me. Well, or, they sent you to the garage, so. Well, it is her fault, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, I want to talk a little bit about, like, the transition from home brewing to, to opening this 30-barrel brew house. It uh, sucks. <laughs> so everyone should do it? <laughs> yeah, by all means. Uh, if you have the passion um, and uh, the dedication to uh, make great beer, then go for it. Right. You know, if, but if you don't and you just want to try to, you know, come in and just capitalize on something and make some shit beer, then, you know, don't do us do all a favor. Just homebrew. Well, well, we'll talk a little bit about, like, what that means for you after, after the break. We'll talk about, like, how the transition happened and how you decided how you decided to do this. Right on. Welcome back to Plato's Gravity. The the noise you hear in the background. So uh, over the over the course of the break, we decided to do the first ever shotgun on the show. Uh, Sean apparently has never shotgunned a beer before. I'm shotgun crawlers, thank you, sir. Uh, in case you can't hear him, he's off the mic. He said he's shotgun crawlers. Um, I think that's supposed to impress me. Actually, that, that's kind of good. it does impress me. I got a video. Like a lot. Like, so we are going to uh, hope you can listen to our Tom Fuller. We're gonna we're gonna shotgun. We're gonna we're gonna race, right? We're gonna we're gonna announce the winner after we do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. We, you're obviously supposed to use a key. All right. So uh, I'm on the mic. I, I, I'm on the mic. So I I get we got a half second. So I'm gonna say three, two, one, go, and then after go, a half second, so I can get off the mic and go. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Sean? Sh Sean did it in about shotgun. two seconds, and then I think uh, uh, Scott, John, and I finished pretty much about the same time. Scott it was pretty third equal. Late, so I'll give Scott the point that he, he was probably second. Everybody likes Scott, so he, he did finish second. That's the first ever shotgun. Normally we record this uh, in my in my fourth bedroom, and we're not allowed a shotgun in there, so this is badass. Shotgun beers, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know that yeah. I went to Ball State and finished my undergrad in eight years, and that's where I learned how to shotgun. Yes, they let me go for eight years. Eight, eight years? Some people just to shade doctors. <laughs> some, so, Tommy Boy was a true story. It was just about you. Some Van yeah. Wilder <laughs> shit. Van Wilder's where I was going. I, uh, I have my, uh, my minor in aquatics. <laughs> you laugh, but I'm so serious. That's I have awesome. a piece of so, paper that says I can fucking swim. You can fucking... You can fuck, oh, I thought aquatics was just like the first part of beer, right? Yes. Uh, okay. So, if this bird floods i could save two you can save two, <laughs> two. <laughs> scott's one so probably you, john's another do you have to have a degree to be a lifeguard uh you got to get certification for that but like my degree came because i just like dicked around for a while right and in my last year i went and talked to my counselors like hey i got a bunch of stupid stuff what can i make with this 
And the counselor's like, well, if you take one more aquatics class, you can get a minor in it. A minor in aquatics. So what were the other classes that you had before? Uh, like, what does that look like? Like, name three classes that I'm count for aquatics. I'm pretty much Aquaman Jr., not like the Jason Momo So you have to one, watch like movies? the 1960s, like, this is edu- Look, this is education redefined, and they're watching Aquaman and giving no, people no, degrees. No, like, taking, like, uh, lifeguarding courses, um, just, like, general how to instruct swim courses, uh, basic scuba, basic life-saving, just shit like that. All right. Have you ever swam in a fermenter? These are you know what? I was, I was getting ready to suggest... We could uh, just fill the mash tun up. It's like a hot tub, you know. Uh, <laughs> ask, ask Derek, no, ask go. Rick, ask okay. D- ask Delo. They they have used that as a hot tub as before. A, 150 degrees. That's that's kind of warm. It's a little warm. It's, it's a we, little got, warm. we got the cold liquor tank. We can we, mix oh, it down. Oh, that's right. We can bring the cold we can liquor get tank in. Whatever yeah. temp we want, bro. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so this Kolsch recipe, I think it's kind of interesting. You talked about how at a homebrew level, you're like controlling temperature and all this fun shit. Like, how different is the process you had as a homebrewer wanting to work with this in 2014 from the process you guys used to make this amazing Kolsch today? Uh, as far as the brew house goes, it's basically no difference all right um uh fermentation's a little bit different we have a lot better control because we have glycol jackets yeah on the fermenters um, and we have different jackets on the on the on the fermenters we can manipulate those how we want to uh uh, make the fermentation uh you know kind of progress as we want it to uh so other than the fermentation is the biggest difference right um but you know we were able to in a homebrew uh setting figure out how to ferment the beer uh, to make it come out the way we wanted to um, with limited equipment and controls on the fermentation. Right, basically freezing your family out of the house. It wasn't like we had zero. We just had limited and we had to make it work for, and it just kind of worked, it just kind of worked out for what we had. Brewing beers that were uh, hybrid ales that needed to be fermented at lower temperatures. There, there's subtextual conversations going on. We're yeah. trying to talk about the coals. No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to promote this on social media. Oh, that's good. Live. I'm, I'm not taking away from. We're, you. we're live. We're, we're live. Live tweeting. Scott thought I was taking a photo of him, and so he gave me a thumbs up, and it was fine. It was a middle thumb. <laughs> it was a middle the, thumb. The middle thumb. <laughs> it was a middle thumb. It's shorter than the rest. It was. Scott has really weird hands. Next time you see him, just look at his nubs. <laughs> so you you win an award in 2014, and then you go from brewing a one barrel system, and now there's 30. There's 30. How big are these fermenters? Are these 30 barrel fermenters? Or do you guys do two batches? We have a uh, three 30 barrel fermenters, one 60 barrel, and a 15 barrel. What is so, that noise? And a dog kennel. I, I think there was the dog that was building the wall over here. I I saw the like, cats. I didn't know there were dogs and cats at this brewery. Well, so we, we, are a, we are a yeah. pet-friendly brewery. So, oh, so that's uh, other people's dogs. So, yeah, yeah. It's like other people's kids. Yeah. There's a decent crowd out there. Yeah. For a Monday night, it's actually pretty busy. It's really cool to I see did, it. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I barely checked in that we were coming here. I don't think we have a big of following. No, it's 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 not you. <laughs> Trust me, it's not you. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, there's, there's a nice, like, 15 I already knew that. I begged to differ. Everybody is here because you're here, bro. I already knew that, Sean, but that fucking hurts. There's a 15 top there's a couple bros at the bar that are looking for some bud lights <laughs> they, uh, they already one starred you on us yeah, they already one star speaking <laughs> yeah one one star no speaking of that I was, I was down the street at our friends the mayfair uh, this so, afternoon yeah. somebody came in and he was like uh whoa what what kind of beers you got <laughs> sorry bro he's like you got any cores light uh no we got the high life yeah. What do you got on tap? 
I do respect Highline. Champagne uh, beers. No domestics, and he, he was all confused. He didn't know what the hell to do. Did Domest- they have the he champagne there for bottle five of Highline? Yeah, they, yeah. Two ninety nine. It's a liquor the, store by me. A little, a How many? Two ninety nine. I'm pretty sure the liquor store Ooh, by me. Buy me two. The shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll you guys, do you guys ever go to liquor stores? Yeah, every day. <laughs> <laughs> I was at like, but two ninety nine for that is very inexpensive for the little high life bottle. No, for, no, it's no, a champagne bottle. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh. And I talked to a rep, a world class rep. I talked to a world class rep, and he said they were even etching. There was some place that will etch a bottle for you. Mm. All right. That's kind of fancy. That, well, I mean, that's that's fucking. High Life is the champagne of beers, yeah. and so they came out in champagne bottles, and it's just fun. I mean, it's a yeah. novelty, but. Whenever, whenever Scott and I have meetings, like we're typically drinking things like Old Style or High Life or oh, something just right. nice Sometimes and easy. Schlitz, Schlitz, yeah. <sighs> Jason, Jason, he's he's like Jason would have a man crush on you right now for this. He, no, it's awesome. It's, he he actually likes the hams because he feels like the hipsters made the uh, the Old Style and the PBR too expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. So you have this thirty barrel system. You I derailed you. I'm sorry. Yes. No, I don't get shit. You had a one barrel system, like. What's the process? Did you guys open with 30, a 30 barrel system or was? We did. We're not very smart. Uh, no, interestingly enough, uh, when we were doing our business planning, we uh, planned on a 20 barrel system. And the timing just happened to work out almost perfectly for us. Uh, Cutters was closing their doors out there in Avon, um, and they had the 30-barrel system available. Right. And as was normal when I was writing the business plan during research, I was up until 1, 2 in the morning. uh, And uh, one night, midnight, uh, you know, I'm scouring Pro Brewer. Something had just come up there five minutes earlier. It's a 30-barrel system in Avon, Indiana. I immediately say, oh, that's Cutters. And I email uh, uh, Chris Inman immediately and said i'll be there tomorrow and he said all right come over and uh i had zero dollars at that time right that's not enough zero dollars <laughs> and uh I, we went out there and i said uh, chris i'll take it and uh we <laughs> so we had uh we had just started raising money and uh we had to get to a certain level before we could release the funds to buy stuff sure sure and that deadline was uh six months you know in the future right and so he gave you six months to come up with the cash to get the system unknowingly yeah <laughs> unknowingly. I, I had to no i had to like go hey uh, i'll take it and then you know three days later i had to be like hey i want to come back out and make sure it's what i want and i had to also kind of string it along so you strung him along yeah, yeah yeah they didn't care they were they were they were just over it. But I mean, it's they, here they now, so they out, wanted yeah. it to be. They wanted it to be local, so all, right. uh, all they really wanted was, hey, are you going to buy the damn thing? Yes, we are. Uh, don't really care how long it takes you to get the money. Just get the money. Right. So, all right. That's what we did. So when you when you guys did your first batch on this thing, like, wh- it was it, fucking horrible. It was fucking horrible. So why was it horrible? Because Derek. Because Derek. <laughs> no, there's there's a couple of different reasons for that. Um, you, because sorry. Sca- so you had 30 barrels of shit beer? Uh, well, no. That's one of the reasons why it wasn't good. We tried to brew 10 barrels. Oh, okay. And um, so it's not exactly a linear scale from half barrel to 10 barrels. Right. Or even to 30 barrels. Hopulization, yeah, yeah, everybody's read up on it a million times, and it, it just sucks. No, 20 sucks, too. Fifteen. <laughs> Honestly, on the, the the brew house side, I can I can uh, boil ten barrels. I can boil fifteen barrels. I can right. boil twenty barrels, thirty barrels. Doesn't matter. 
that system over there can boil any amount I want it to boil. When it gets into the fermenters... 40 barrels. Uh, close. 30, <laughs> 32.7. 32.7, um, all right. If that's when close, I get into I the fermenter so right. is when the, the trouble starts. Okay. Okay? Because the geometry of these fermenters is made for oh, a certain right. amount of beer. Right. Okay? The jackets are in certain places, and they're designed in a certain way. I tried to put 10 barrels in this and only use the bottom jacket. And so you basically had all the beer in the fucking cone. Exactly. Sucks. Sucks. Don't do it. Aren't you an engineer? I am. Science. So so every time every time we do this show, we have a segment called Jason's Off-The-Wall Question, where I just ask my co-host to ask a question that has nothing to do with fucking brewing. I got it. At all, right? Yeah. Perfect. Now, I'm just going to re-ask a question that he's oh. asked in the past because... I feel like it, it's a good it's a good moment for that. Okay. So sometimes you sit on your couch, right? Do you have a dog, John? <laughs> I, I might. Her name's so, Freya. She's like four and a half, almost five years old. She's oh, really sweet. About 87 awesome. pounds. Wolf hybrid. Just, just the best. So are you ever like just sitting with your dog and then you happen to be talking or eating something or whatever and then your tongue is out of your mouth and then she's looking in your face and then her tongue touches your tongue? Never. Never? That's fucking weird. If it, if it did happen, would it be okay? No. It's no. weird. What the fuck? You? Jason. No. No, this is you. Jason wants to know. Jason's not real. You're making people up no, now. No, he kisses. I don't have dogs. I don't like dogs. And I. You don't like dogs? No, it's. I like other people's dogs, but I, I can't oh. have a dog. Oof. Like, I can't I'm have a hurt. dog. I, don't be hurt. It's fine. I think it's great that you have a dog and you love your dog. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah. She's just the best. Yeah. But you don't kiss her. I mean, I kiss my dog, but I don't like. You don't lick her tongue. No. That would make it wrong. It's weird. That would make her. Jason, that would make it wrong. I want you to know. It's fucking weird, this Jason. Is, I will hug my dog. I'll sleep on my dog, but I will not put my tongue on my dog's tongue. It's that's fucking weird. That's really good. That's really good. What's wrong with you, Jason? <laughs> Seriously. Tweet me, awesome. at Monon Beverage. <laughs> at Monon Beverage. Let me know what the fuck's wrong yeah. with you. <laughs> Jason, I'm kissing you, your you, dog. Can you use JP Cordial when you do that, Jason? Don't use the Plato's Gravity Twitter. Jason, are you married? Is he married? No, Jason Jason is okay, dating a, a, a wonderful person named Yenna, but he's not okay. married. Does Jason have dogs? Jason, uh, yes, yes. Has his he, dog's name is Odie. Has he tongue-boxed his dog? I, I think I think he asked tongue the question punched. to justify his previous tongue-boxing. So he has tongue-boxed. Yeah, I think so. Tongue-punched. Mm, was tongue-punched. it like an accident, though? Was it just I mean, like, it was an accident, but he felt really bad about it. was it like multiple accidents? At flat, when we get together at Flat 12, you just ask him. I don't know if I want to... You want to bring it You want to see his face? Yeah, take that fucking conversation to Flat 12. Don't bring that shit in here. We're dog friendly here. So, no, so I, saw, I saw across the way, I saw a little baby fermenter over there. Do you guys have a pilot system? Oh, that little guy right there? Yeah, like a, a seven gallon maybe? You know, that was... Uh, we tried to use those when we first moved in here to do pilot batches. Yeah. Those fucking suck. No, we, we don't use those? No, they, there's no representation of a good fermentation out have of those Have you named things. that fermenter? Okay. Uh, the name of the renter? <laughs> the, have you named the fermenter? Which one? The, the baby the tiny one? one? Yeah. Uh, no. Call it Scott Jr. <laughs> Scott Jr. Can you make a Berliner Weiss Mini, in there? We'll call with, it Mini Scott. What Mini. kind of fruit do you want in your <laughs> Berliner Weiss, Scott. Scott? I don't need fruit in my Berliner Weiss. Oh, I no. like. I'm drinking a raspberry. He's not some dog tongue liquor. Doesn't he doesn't need to have fruit. raspberry. He doesn't need to have raspberry, no. They no. have one without raspberry out there. Oh, yeah, it's the same... Ber- they have one, yeah. Yeah, oh, Center Point does. It's yeah. delicious. It's very good, yeah. yeah. Raspberry Belschnickel. Kelly, Belschnickel. Kelly, Kelly had a Belschnickel. She was, she was, she was a fan. 
I think she's still up there sipping on some. She might have gotten a second You're going to fucking drive. You know that, right? Ah, shotgun to cold. Even though it's only 3.5%, she's going to have like 10 of them. She's going to have 10 Belschnickels. It's like if you're curious about Belschnickel, you can come to Centerpoint in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Or you can hit us up at Monon Beverage, and we will get it to wherever you are located. What's your your favorite place to sell Belschnickel to? Man, that's tough. Like I know, I just asked the, you the, to like no, the, name. the dog tongue question's easy. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's an easy no. But like, I think it's a uh, uh, no. Favorite places are tough. I think you know, I I love that for a living. I get to go just see my friends for right. work. Like it's really cool. It becomes awesome. that at some point. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it is more difficult because I don't like everyone we deal with, and I will not say who I do like more and who I don't like. That seems right. That um, seems a good plan. But I think you know, he's actually kind of. Stroking my leg under the table right, right. now, though. Yeah. That's, that's why I had to sit. Are you guys, are you guys playing footsie? Yeah. No, they're playing. Play dog tongue. Crotchies. Dog tongueies <laughs> under the table. Dog tongue-y. There are dogs here. Are they hiding? <laughs> so, so this is a fun question, and, and so this is kind of like a fanboy question for me because, you know, this is our first inter- interview uh, at a brewery. We mostly interview people who are homebrewing and are still homebrewing, not people who have made the transition. So, one of the things I've noticed though when I talk to brewers is every brewer who has a brewery of this size or a little bit smaller, or a little bit bigger, has a stash of beer that has been given to them. People either bring you beer to drink or they bring you beer because they made it or they bring you beer because you think it's going to be cool and they would like to get in good graces with the brewer. Um, what's the best beer that someone's given you for free on account of you owning a brewery? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Uh, Did uh, James from Kiddo give you any of the, uh, the Piney the Elder? Ooh, a uh, little we, Pliny. We did have uh, some Pliny, yeah. So that one's that one's always good. Um, Shout out James at Kiddo. Yeah, thanks, James. Uh, actually, uh, maybe we should talk about James real fast. Yeah, insurance. Uh, we sucks. brewed uh, the insurance sucks beer with uh, James from Kiddo Insurance, our insurance agent, and Ryan. Okay. Uh, um, Ryan's so. lame though. James is cool. That has Ryan in it, right? It does. Yeah, it I want to. I want to have a taste of that before I go. Yeah, we can, we can go delicious. get some of that here. Yeah. Man. James but, will bench press you. But in that, a heartbeat. that beer is I weigh a lot. is very popular. Oh, James will bench press you. Oh man, and, and it's very good. So it's been well received out in the market. Um, and and quite honestly, that was the first beer that Rick, our assistant brewer, brewed by himself here, and uh, did a great job. So um, we're really happy with it. Um, Shout out to everybody. Rick. I don't know Rick. Yeah, Rick. Rick no, Rick's uh, awesome. Rick's, Rick's okay. Okay. You know, yeah. no. If you want to try <laughs> yeah. it. Does Rick try to brew 10-gallon batches or 10-barrel batches? I said 10-gallon. No, he's, not, he's not that fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he learned from his predecessor's mistakes. Yeah, Don't yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but some actually some of the some of the best beers that we get around here are from our good friends up at Deviate. Deviate. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so we, we do a lot of stuff with those guys. Uh, Mike and Greg are the best. Um, we're going to have a collaboration coming out with them. During uh, Frigid Digits, uh, February 16th, 2019. Frigid, Frigid Digits? Frigid Digits, second annual. Uh, so that's our winter outdoor beer fest. Yeah. And uh, so we'll be releasing a beer called uh, Satan's Seed. Satan's Seed. It's going to be a 20%, uh, 20? 20% beer. 20. Yeah. Where did you get the name Satan's Are you Satan's making it here or are they making it a deviate? Uh, they, they made it up there. Okay, we're so going to bottle it with them. Uh, but it was a collaboration on the recipe that we're doing. And uh, it's uh, we had some the other day, and it's so, it's fantastic. So I feel like if Jason were here, he would definitely want me to ask you, like, how the fuck do you ferment a twenty percent beer? You know what? I I I don't even know. So uh, <laughs> Derek 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 and Mike and Greg came up with with the concept, and uh, I don't even remember. They didn't even share it with me how they did it. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. 
So this is uh, what are we what are we drinking here? Well, you started mentioning people bringing you cool beers. Yeah. And I th- thought that was the perfect segue. Um, so Modon gets to work with a ton of cool people. And one of the cool people we get to work with is also downtown Indy. Uh, and that's Flat 12. And Flat right. 12 has a really cool uh, wood series and a funk series. So they're always doing something in barrels. Every month there's a new barrel age something. Uh, whether it's a uh, stout, a porter, or something funky, right. which is kind of cool. So for 2019, there'll always be something dark uh, or something funky. They're, dark they're doing or six funky months on, six months right. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the uh, the... Let me look at it real quick while we're talking about it. It is the, uh, so limited release. It is actually bottle 136 of 144. So there's a finite number. Sweet. And it's a bourbon barrel uh, oatmeal stout. It's good. 7.8%, 67 IBU. Um, yeah, they're killing it. They actually have some really cool bourbon barrels coming. So the bourbon nerds will get really excited. I can't talk too much about it, but we'll talk more uh, in uh, whenever. A couple weeks, yeah. A couple weeks, yeah. A couple weeks, yeah. This is uh, nice. This work, nice. Lewis. Very good. Yeah, yeah, Lewis kills it when it comes to barrel age stuff. Um, and I just, I'm a fan of Flat 12. I've been a fan of them since I met them years, years ago when I was still living up in Muncie. All right, yeah, this is, uh, this is badass. You any tasting notes for me? Like, my palate's kind of wrecked by the shotgunning and the other stuff. The like, shotgunning of the Kolsch and the dog you know, tongues all, and everything All I else. really, all I'm getting now is just, you know, booze, so. <laughs> yeah, there's a little booze. I feel like, I feel like No, no, it's, it's, I get a lot of the vanilla. Yeah? And the aroma and the flavor kind of just smooths it out a little bit, gives a little creaminess. Um, yeah, really I think good. that's there. I think that's right. I, I can taste it now that you mention it. Yeah, Sean Lewis was here right now. I give him a hug, but yeah, he's not. Yeah, it's a good beer. I uh I, I just kind of want to finish. What kind of hug is that? Regular <laughs> hug or a mouth hug? So um you guys what, what what's interesting to me about your breweries? You guys have like you have different series. So you guys have your core series, which makes sense because you're the beers that are probably always on tap. The beers you started with, the Kolsch is one of those. Right. Uh, then you have four different series. Did you guys kind of start with that business model, or did you guys kind of develop that to help guide your your recipe development? <laughs> yeah, it's the latter. There, uh, we we kind of found ourselves in a little bit of a rut and. Uh, you know, we, we had some things on, we had too many of kind of dark beers or light beers or sure. hoppy beers on tap at one time. And it was like, we got to figure out a way to make sure we're keeping ourselves in check. So that's why we came up with the, the series that we have. So we have the Origin Series, which are kind of our core beers uh, that we're going to have on year round. Uh, Experimental, which is called Empirical Series. Okay, nice. For all those out there that don't know what empirical means. I was a philosophy major, so you don't have yeah, to yeah. tell me. No. No, no, it's fine. No, no, right. you, I know you understand. We, we have listeners. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. Yeah. Um, so Empirical. Um, It'll be in the show notes. Empirical. The definition of empirical. There you go. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, turbocharged are things that are higher ABV or higher IBUs. Okay. Uh, something like that. Um, and then the, uh, the Precision Series. We like to do like German lagers or Belgian Belgian ales, and we want to do those as close to style as possible. Okay, awesome. Uh, traditional as possible, so uh, you know it's precision. Right, absolutely. Um, I had the I had the pills today, and I, I quite enjoyed. It. You know, for me, what was interesting for your pills, it had uh, a really a really slick and full mouthfeel that I that I'm not used to in a pilsner. Yeah, but was delightful. It, yeah, that comes from the the malt. Uh, yeah. So it came from Sugar Creek here in yeah, Indiana. Local so Indiana beer. It's not uh, you know it's not a German Pilsner malt. It's not a you know it's it's a right. Indiana Pilsner malt. So that's that's the difference that you're probably tasting. Yeah, it was. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think I'm lying to you? <laughs> no, I, I saw your I saw your eyes. You know, we had this talk. That's you, right. Like, we, you yeah. looked at me. Yeah, but you are a professional, so you. I don't 
know. Uh, Maybe no, you were. I, would, I, I mean, I, I think that's the, the, the hard thing. So I listened to a beer podcast called Steal This Beer. They, these are guys out in Jersey. There's a guy named Augie Carton who owns a place called Carton Brewing and a guy named John Hall who writes I've for... I've heard of Carton Brewing uh, yeah. through the Brewers Network, or Brewing Network. Yeah. I've the, heard them on there a few times. Yeah, yeah and then uh, John Hall is a, is a beer writer. He's a big wig and, and uh, he writes for the fucking... Ah. Don't look at me for help. Check the shows to find out where John Hall writes, because I forget. <laughs> um, but they, they have an awesome podcast, but they won't actually let their guests bring one of their own beers on, so they feel like they can be honest. Uh, but, you know, I feel like I, I would be honest. If, if I tasted one of your beers and it was crap, I would, well, no, I would tell you it was awesome on the air, and then i tell you afterwards I didn't like well, it. You know, that's a good point because one of the reasons we brought these guys on, Sean and yeah. Scott, is because they're one step removed from us, so buyers will tell them they're honest with them. Right. They're not directly linked to us. So if it's a shitty beer, the buyer's going to say, that's shitty and I'm not ever buying it. And they, right. they can come back to us and say, you got a problem here. You need to fix it. Actually, so I, I feel kind of compelled to ask this question, which might be a shitty question after you just said that. But, like, what's the... What's the best feedback you've gotten through that model that you don't feel like you'd have gotten otherwise? Like, is there a beer uh, that's changed recipes because of that? Because of that? Well, dynamic? I mean, somebody today told Sean that she hated <laughs> our fucking blood orange IPA. So, and he told me about it. He was trying really hard to make her like it. She <laughs> she wanted an energy drink. <laughs> she wanted a lot of taurine. We didn't have any taurine. You don't have taurine in your <laughs> no, beer? No. What, what kind of fucking brewery is this? No taurine. Well, yeah, we're probably going to be closed tomorrow because of it. So, <laughs> no, I think I think the best thing, you know, whenever I sample beers to some people, it depends on what kind of tap list they're trying to curate. Because you'll get some bars that have 130 draft lines, and they can do so much. And then you have some that have 10, and it just depends on what it is. Um, and I went to a, a more affluent craft beer venue, um, and they were they were upset how approachable Center Point was, and that makes me happy. Right, like that's not a bad thing. And it's I think our, it was one of those. Yeah, it's like, our business model, and that's and sometimes that gets us in trouble, is because people they they kind of overlook us because. We're trying to make good beers that are approachable, well-balanced, and they're like, nothing is going to like blow your face off with hops or ABV or anything like that. So it kind of hurts us sometimes. So that's yeah. when these guys come in and say, well, what's so wrong with that? It's perfect, honestly. I mean, when I look at craft beer, you know, and even the demographic, so the demographic of craft beer drinkers, you got 57% of millennials drinking craft beer weekly. And then you, we'll say old millennials up to 35. That's and then you me. Have, That's me right. right there. I'm at 81. Okay, 81. perfect. Yeah. yeah. And I'm 88. So, you know, I'm, I'm 30 this year. So, I mean, I'm at the end of the, the or the middle to end of the old millennial. And then Generation X is the next demographic. Right. And that's, you we'll say 55 and under. So Scott's within that. And that's 27%. <laughs> and John's in that. So he's not 55. He's he's a sprightly 48. Sprightly. Um, wait, how the sprightly. fuck old are you? <laughs> 48. Okay. Um, but so you have over three quarters of your demographic that are under 55. And even towards the edge of that, you know, they want approachable beers. And when I drink craft beer, I am a huge fan of, I'm a huge fan of this flat 12 bourbon barrel aged oatmeal stout. Right. I won't drink a six pack of it. No, I don't. I mean, that's. It's in a bomber, so yeah. I can't. There's you would nothing. die. Right. Um, but when I look at what I drink Death what I drink after week uh, or after like a long day or what I drink in the shower or mowing the lawn, 
I drink gold. I drink something light. Right. I drink something easy. I drink uh, orange. I drink things that I can have a couple of, and it's fine. When I'm out at the the uh, bars and restaurants, yeah, I want to fucking try a bunch of different weird, unique things. But that helps me purchase things when I go uh, to the liquor stores and whatnot. So approachable is awesome, um, and that's I mean, <laughs> ooh. right in the mic, he opens the blood orange IPA. Yeah, but I mean, it, you just you got to look at what's good and bad. And I think I've never had anything like no one has ever said center point shit it's always been hey that's really approachable i want something more unique something different something weird i i think the beer here is, is really approachable and to be honest i've never been to center point before before tonight and i'll definitely be back the beer I, what i was impressed with is that you guys have something kind of from everywhere on the spectrum um and it's it's all the things that that are approachable and that i like to drink and i i think can you talk about like how to find your market when you are just an every person's beer and you don't have something that kind of sticks out like what what re- really resonates with your with your patrons and how, how do you keep people coming back uh that's that's tough i think a huge thing to think about is that in indiana right now there's 135 active breweries okay every indiana brewery is doing at least two ipas so you have sure. over 300 ipas to pick from at any given point you have tons of fucking options, which is beautiful. It's not like it was 10 years ago where there was just, you know, Sierra Nevada, Sam right. Adams, and a few up-and-comers. Um, there was tons of good craft beer 10 years ago, too. But, um, and even with the 165 Indiana breweries, you have all these out-of-state guys coming into town, right. too. Yep. So you have tons of opportunities. So it becomes customer service. It becomes, you know, winning things like Indy's Best. It, it honestly just becomes being good people at the end of the day, having good bartenders, yeah. having good service, having good beer. Um, so let's talk about, and I meant to get to this earlier in the show, let's talk about Amanda, the taproom manager. Yeah. Uh, if you talk about customer service. Yeah. She's uh, unbelievable. She's our taproom manager, so she manages everything in the front of the house, um, does a great job. And she is, you know, she's won multiple awards through Star, Nouveau. Uh, people love her. Um, people, you know, people come here just to talk to Amanda. Absolutely. And we have been so extremely lucky to have her on board since day one. Um, if we did not have her... Um, we would not have near the success that we've had to this date. So she is, she knows beer, right? She loves beer. She knows exactly how to talk about beer and she knows how to talk about beer to each individual when they walk in the door. So what's Amanda's favorite beer? Amanda's favorite beer right now is the Pilsner. Plum Bob Pils. Plum Bob. Other than that, she drinks gold. Okay. Yeah. Gold is Kolsch, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then if we have Hefeweizen, she's drinking Hefeweizen. Okay. With absolutely. me, and she and I fight over it. All right, you guys, yeah. you guys, you guys like the little yeastiness on top? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But not an IPAs. Not no yeast. no hazy IPAs. No. Yeah, I noticed there were no. You know, I wasn't going to bring it up, but now that you did, like, so. Tell me about that cryo hop IPA coming out. That, you have that a cryo DDH. Double, double dry hop cryo hop hazy, IPA. but you got that coming out? It's right, right there right in the, there. In the little baby. You want to taste some? Yeah, in the pour, 15 pour gallon. A little, right, well, little splash yeah. let, me, uh, let me go get a, a couple glasses and I'll pour some out for you. Yeah, let's do yeah, that. Cool. Yeah. And, and remember, it's not completely finished. It hasn't been completely finished. Oh, a couple crashed, is two. We need four. Yeah, a couple is two. We need four. We need a couple, couple. I'm from southern Indiana. A couple means like as many as it takes. Ewins, which is y'all Yins. plus three. Yens want some. Yins. Yins want to try this double dry hop. We do. In fact, yeah, we're going to yeah. take a little break while you go grab some.
All right, so welcome back to Plato's Gravity. Uh, uh, while we were away, John has poured us each a half pint of some cryo hopped beer right out of the fermenter. So uh, I, I presume this is, I haven't tasted it. I presume this is not carbonated, right? Uncarbonated. Uncarbonated. Oh, it smells good. What's in this? It's just a uh, natural carbonate. So it maybe it might be at uh, you know one and a half to two, two volumes. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What's in this? This is, smells amazing. I, I have no idea. <laughs> cry, cry I, hops? Did, I didn't make it. Yeah. What's so uh, cryo hops. Uh, uh, what's that? Still <laughs> called Derek. Can put them on speaker. Yeah. There you oh, go. Put them on speaker. Singdao, Singdao flower hops, which is kind of a. Uh, it's kind of a, the same as a cluster. Okay. US cluster. Sure. Um, cryo hop. Uh, so hot powder, yeah, um, and then uh, there's also a little bit of uh, mosaic and a little bit of uh, uh, cashmere in there. Nice cashmere. You you guys use cashmere quite a bit, yeah. We have recently, yeah. So uh, we did a, a single, uh, we did a, a, a smash beer, yeah, and it was all pilsner and all uh, Idaho Seven, which kind of got us into the cashmere. Uh, so we Can did you cashmere smash real quick, just for those. Yeah, listeners. sure. Single, yeah. Malt, single, single hop. Malt, okay, single cool. Malt, single hop beer, and then uh, so uh, one of the uh, the rep that we that sells our hops is. Um, uh, she used to work for us. Okay. She works for Mill 95 out in Idaho now. Sweet. And uh, she got us the cashmere hops. So we did that in the Impulse Pale that we did uh, this summer. So, But this beer right here is... is that, this is going to be good. It's good. Yeah, it's I mean, like... So, so I was just telling uh, Sean on the break, like, Jason and I have been kind of hard on the New England IPAs on the show or the, the, the yeah. super kind of hazy IPAs. Should. We should... Uh, and, and what I find the, the least appealing about these drinks when i get them and a lot of times i get them old right because you don't always get them fresh sure and that's hard and it, you know that's no, no, no fault of anybody right and it's just kind of the right you know right like but you know sort of like if you're gonna if you're gonna can it and send it out into the world you're like because you guys have this in a 15 gallon is this leaving the brewery uh, there will be kegs that leave the brewery, but okay. other than that, it won't go in any kegs. It's very cans. small quantities. Uh, right. that's very small quantities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so, we'll, we'll sell as much as we can through over the bar. That's so where the margin is. And my least favorite thing is when I taste like greenness, or I can taste like the vegetal nature of the hops. And there's yeah, none yeah. of that in here. This is really juicy. Right. This is fantastic. It's like biting uh, into an orange. Like this is really solid. Yeah. So we're actually, you know, it's it's not perfectly clear. Right. Well, I mean, but that's it's the idea, not, right? there's nothing swimming in there, right? No, there's, I don't see any, uh, so we, no, no particles. we have, uh, till tomorrow to decide if we're going to actually put a finding agent in here. And, uh, isn't the idea to not put a finding agent for a new England IPA, but <laughs> a new England IPA is actually like a fuck up beer that has been perfected. I mean, that's right. what it is. Yeah. And, and, and props to uh, broad ripple brew pub and, uh, who do they grand junction and grand junction. Did I do for, this right? Did I do this right? Yeah. With the new England, they made it like a clear, they made it. Did I do this right? That was the name of it. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. If, if you know anything about brew pub, I mean, they, they're the oldest brew pub in Indiana. They're right. 27. 28 they're old they're yeah 28 years old 28 yeah 28. Um, i mean they they do some solid classic styles if ever you want to try like a true classic style snag their esb by far you know i don't i don't yeah. care who's listening i would say it's probably one of the best yeah. in indiana for esbs i do love so many other people as you know i'll say beers esb is solid and there's a ton of other ones right. but uh brew pups killed it and oh, then, a ton of others like everyone's making esb that's not true you know like the, the few people that do. Well, we could bitch that. about. We could bitch to Sun King for a little bit for not making the Bitter Druid anymore. Oh yeah, which was my favorite beer. That no, they Bitter made. Druid was solid it back was in the awesome. day. I mean, that was their ESB. It had a fun yeah. like chain link handle. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you remember that. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, both uh, both Mullins and Hofferman are great, just good guys that make beer. They make good beer, and like I know, whenever I stop in Westfield, I will stop and see um, um, Hofferman, and he's just he's making good beer out there, and it works well. So yeah, good beers. I mean, that's key at the end of the day. You want people making good beer, and that's the goal. Wow, this is uh, this is delicious. By the way, if you guys if you guys when is this coming out? When are you guys gonna have this on the tap? Uh, this will be released on uh, Friday. This Friday. So um, by the time this episode airs, this bad boy will be at center point. You need to get down here as quick as possible because it may be gone. It's delicious. And you should Absolute know- Zero is the name of it. Absolute Zero? Yeah. Absolute Zero. That will be in the show. You should definitely you should definitely check some of that out. We have one segment that I am uh, super late in getting to, but I want to ask it. So we have a, a listener question. Uh, and this listener is actually uh, from John Edwards, who has been on the show before, actually. And he's a member of the, the Circle City Zymergy Homebrew Club. And uh, he, you can uh, reach out to John on Instagram at, at Flight Brothers Brewing. John's a, a fucking amazing brewer. Um, and he would like to ask you guys, what's the, or ask you specifically, John, what's the biggest struggle uh, stepping up to pro brewing? And, and basically, basically, he wants to know about like developing recipes from a homebrew scale to a pro brewer scale. Like, what's the biggest struggle? Uh, it's not linear. It's not what? It's, it's not, not linear. linear. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to multiply it by four. Right. Just uh, it's four and times. It, that large, sounds yeah. like too simple, but it's like, and it, it doesn't matter even. Uh, so from the homebrew system you're going to come from to the pro brewer system that you're going to have is completely different. The geometry is completely different than what I had when I was homebrewing and what we have now. So uh, there's, there's no easy answer to... Um, say here's how you need to scale up your recipes right so it all sucks and uh, figuring it all out is is the challenge so you're not going to come in from day one and nail that recipe that you're brewing on your homebrew system sure the Kolsch that I brewed hundreds of times on my homebrew recipe and nailed it so I'm not going to say I didn't I didn't nail it 100% of the time I nailed it 40% of the time I didn't share the rest with everybody else, right? 60% of the time it works all the time. Exactly, right. How how many times did you brew the Kolsch here before you stopped fucking around with it? Here? Yeah. How Uh, many times did you brew before you changed it? For a year. For a year. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Do you dump any? Uh, We have not dumped any batches of Kolsch. We just tweaked it um, to get it to where we wanted it. We have dumped, I don't know, five batches in here. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'm not ashamed of it. It wasn't right. It went down the drain. Right. So we screwed up, didn't get there, and it was gone. So so do you guys, Do you guys? I know you said that your seven-gallon fermenter is worthless. It is. Do you guys have a pilot system that's not 30 barrels, or are you guys putting 30 barrels in every time you're trying something new? Uh, what we do now is we can, we can now that we have the 15-barrel fermenter, yeah. we do a 15-barrel pilot batch. Okay. That's right. what we do. All right. uh, we don't the, we the, don't screw around with anything else anymore because if I if I try to ferment in that little uh, one gallon or one barrel fermenter, yeah, it doesn't work for me. Okay. So it's not worth wasting our time. We do 15 barrels, see how it works. If it doesn't work, uh, dump it down the drain. Move dump, on to something else. Dump it down the drain. All right. How many? How many? So you dumped five batches. How many of those were from the 15? Zero. <laughs> oh, that fucking sucks. Yeah. One of them was from a 60-barrel bag. Holy mother. That's no good. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. no good. What's uh, Can, can you share like what, what was wrong with it? Uh, it's just a, the, a fermentation character that we got out of it, whether it was we didn't have enough oxygen in there or the yeast that we had just, you know, just was not where we wanted it to be. Right. 
and uh, th- it was just the flavor wasn't there, the profile wasn't there. It just it was it was okay, right? But it wasn't our beer. So w- with yeast, with with yeast, do you guys are, are you guys like propagating your own yeast, or do you just like buy all the yeast? You know, we uh, for most of our beers, we just buy uh, fresh pitches from whether white yeast or white labs, and okay. try to propagate the propagate those uh, from batch to batch. Uh, you know, do a cone to cone transfer, or we'll harvest it and keep it for you know ten days maximum, and yeah. then put it back in. Um, other than that, we are lucky enough to have a lot of good breweries around town that have lots of quality yeast, right? Yeah, and are willing to share it with us. So. Sweet. Well, I think that's the, and I think the last question I'll ask, uh, as we, we got to get to to wrapping up soon, is can can you talk about the the local brewing, the pro brewing community, and how that has made an impact on what you do here? Yeah, it's uh, quite honestly, it sounds like a broken record, but it it's unbelievable. Right. It really is, because uh, most of these guys that have been in the industry for you know the last five to ten years have worked with one another at one point in time. Right. And the camaraderie is is excellent, and people are willing to help you out no matter what you what your situation is. It's like, hey, my water tastes like shit, or I think I'm having a problem with my water, or right. um, I can't get the balance right on these 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 malts. Uh, how can I dial one back or bring one up? Or my fermentation was shit. What's going on? Did I not have enough oxygen? Did I not pitch enough yeast? Or was my yeast terrible or or whatever and you know we're lucky enough to have uh, a brewery that's quite local to us with a very good quality lab that we can go to right uh, when we have problems and uh, they're very generous to us and we are forever grateful for that absolutely the community is just great i mean i I can name numerous times it's been so friendly even to scott and i not as pro brewers but just as industry professionals and i think the coolest thing like uh burnham's one of our uh, clients and they're just they're good people we did an on-site visit we hung out with them they're awesome. Did you say fuck those guys? Um, I heard it. <laughs> no, that was that was Jason. He's somewhere else. He's okay. under the table, coming out to say things. But uh, oh, sorry, that, that wasn't that wasn't John. Yeah, Scott and I, uh, we we went up to Michigan City. We hung out. We drank. Uh, got to hang out with a uh, ooh, who's Robert Robert Federson. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got to hang out with him, uh, and it was great. And then afterwards, like I uh, I leaned into one of the, the Burnham guys. I was like, hey, you know, Scott and I got to go find a hotel room. And uh, Steve was like, no, I got you. So Steve took us to his house. He's the brewer, and uh, he put us up in his home, which is great. And so after a night of partaking in, in fun things, uh, I'm looking down at my phone. I'm like, guys, my phone's broken, and Steve just lives on the time zone change. So jokes on me uh but no the the community is so friendly where like things like that are great um i know whenever producers in town i know i offer my couch up to them um it's open garage policy typically too right. where if nice. we see someone's garage is open we just go hang out and say hi to them um, yeah. it's great it's just it's friendly yeah one of the you touched on it earlier and uh you basically get to work with all of your friends right so and I talked to Derek about this earlier. Derek Herring, our head brewer, who does right. obviously amazing job, makes amazing beers. And if I don't talk about him, he'll get a little, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, everybody knows Derek does a great job. And uh, for, for, for quite a while, he was limited on resources back here to help him. Sure. And, he, he, you know, he struggled through it. He did a great job. Um, he made his feelings known when they needed to be known. 
and we've adjusted based on that. So, um, you know, I, I was talking to Derek's dad yesterday. This is kind of weird. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if people like working here or not. And if they don't, if they don't tell me, I just assume that they're okay with it. And so I'm like, I never know where people sure. stand because people aren't going to be honest with me. And they're just going to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. As long as my paycheck is deposited in my account, I'm not going to talk to you. And if I'm pissed off at you, whatever, I'll just find another job. And then you will never know until I tell you I'm not going to work here right, anymore. Right, absolutely. So Scott and I will tell you real quick. Well, I understand, <laughs> I understand you guys will. And, that, and and again, that's well, that's why we have you on board. It's like if we're doing shit wrong, you guys are going to tell me I'm doing it wrong. Or you're going to tell an account's going to be like, hey, these guys fucking suck. And you guys are going to be like, stop sucking. And I'll be like, okay, I'll stop. I'm not proud enough to not, you know, right. to change. I don't care. Whenever, whenever I wrote my business plan, I wrote it around this beer right here. That cold. Center Point Gold. Center Point. And which is the title of this episode? Exactly. Center Point Gold. I didn't even do that on purpose. And <laughs> that's why I helped so, you. But, but every time I made a presentation to a potential investor, I was like, I don't know if people are going to like this beer. The market's going to choose what our flagship beer is going to be. Right. And I don't give a shit if it's this one or another one. So what is it? It's the Blood Orange IPA. A beer we had never brewed before when I was making my business presentations it's, or writing my business plan. It's a good IPA. And if I was stubborn and an asshole, I would have been like, no, I'm going to shove this down your throat until I fucking die. He's holding up a colch. Yeah, sorry. So I would shove Centerpoint Gold down your throat. Holding it closer to the microphone doesn't help people see it. Oh, you can't see, you can't see that? <laughs> Zoom in, people, for crying out um, loud. Honestly, if you... Take sh- a fucking close look at that. If you, you shove the Centerpoint Gold down people's throats, they should be pleased. Well, they should be, but, you know, not... It could be too colchy. I don't know. <laughs> too colchy. One star. <laughs> well, I think that's a great, uh, that's a great finishing note. On the one star, too colchy, Centerpoint Gold. By the way, you guys should all get down here to get some. I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of Plato's Gravity. We've had a ton of fun. If you have a question for the show, you can find us at Plato's Gravity on Twitter, Instagram, and our Facebook page. You can also email us at podcast at platosgravity.com. You uh, should connect with Centerpoint Brewery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or better yet, you can stop in and try some of their beer. John, what's your handle on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook? Uh, so Twitter, we're at Centerpoint Center Point Brew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, no. check the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, actually, we actually call the show notes shows. <laughs> shows. The shows. The shows. There'll be links to all those things in the shows. Um, you can also uh, reach out to Sean and Scott at Monon Beverage. That's it. Brewage. We're yeah. just at Monon Beverage for all of our social at, medias. At Monon Beverage. Those will be in the shows in case you don't know how to spell Monon or Beverage. Um, like the trail. Twitter sucks. I couldn't put brewing in, so I had to stop at brew. Brew. There. Yeah, there's a hundred and some. It's at Centerpoint Brew for Twitter. Everything else is at Centerpoint Brewing. At Centerpoint Brew for Twitter. At Centerpoint Brewing for everything else. Check the shows. Check the shows. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. In the meantime, support your local brewery, brew some beer, and have some fun. Even if it's not Centerpoint, support your local brewery. Yeah.